Hello, Houston. This is Roger D with Texas T, where I bring on entrepreneurs, business owners, hustlers, prodigies to tell their stories, maybe some tips for success that you guys can hear and learn from. And who hustles more than someone in the music industry? Today's guest, living in Oklahoma for a little bit of time, opened up for Motley Crue. Threw down some lo-fi chill beats in 2015. If you uh, can listen to those, Tony Bad, pretty awesome. And uh, now lead guitarist of Rapture, who I had Liz on, who's the lead singer. But today, Tony Bastida. Yes, sir. How, How you, you doing, doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty sure. good. Just excited I got that mouthful. <laughs> you got it. Really? You nailed it. That was the third take. Third take. You did it. Third time's the charm, right? That's true. Sometimes That's- it's the fifth. That's true. Sometimes it's like the 13th. 13th, 47th. That's true. For some reason, 47 is one of my favorite numbers. But anyways, quick piece of advice for someone who is in the music industry, who's an artist, and they are like, man, I don't think I could do this. They don't think they're going to succeed. What would you say about picking up, picking themselves back up? Well, if you have that type of self-doubt, I guess, and you're feeling like you need to uh, find a re-spark or something that's going to re-interest you in, in the material that you're working on. It's always good to, I think, take time alone. Maybe uh, maybe go see a concert, you know, by yourself. Or maybe put on one of your favorite albums you haven't heard in a long time. Try to um, re-inspire yourself. Try to uh, reintroduce why you got into this in the beginning. Because it's really easy to fall into a hole and into a rut and think, what am I doing or what's the next step? But if you kind of look at um, what drew you into it in the first place, sometimes you get really re-inspired. It's like I could I could look up a Toto concert or I could even just type in, um, it could be any show. I could type in the Beatles, Pink Floyd, anything, a live show of, of a band that was moving to me when I was younger. And something could just hit me and, and just like, I don't know, just relight something. Um, I'd, I'd say try that. Go to a go to a live show, or go see a local band, or um, spend time with some friends. Go see a movie. Um, that's normally the best thing, you know, to reevaluate what you're wanting to do inside, or get more self assurance. Yeah, um, that's one way, or multiple ways, I think. I guess. So basically, find a way to reignite your passion. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, you could. And you, you could, mentioned uh, watching old Pink Floyd concerts. Uh, yes. They they did this whole thing where they did it in the Coliseum, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the yeah, coolest thing. A few a few people have gone there and done some really cool live shows. I believe I don't know if you're familiar with Tame Impala. They're a band from uh, Australia, I believe, and they're really good. And I saw a video of them. They were doing the Coliseum, and you just see shows like that where the uh, the audio's really on point. You know, whoever the engineer was really dialed it in. The show is just really immaculate, and when those things sync up. It, uh, you know, you can get your hairs sticking up in the back of your your neck or on your yeah. arm, and you feel that feeling where it's like that's that's the reason why I got into this. That's the feeling, like from me getting it while I'm hearing it, and me also getting that feeling while I'm, you know, creating and performing. And when people get reintroduced to that, it can, you know, it could respark something that to just uh, reintroduce you into why I even got into this. You know, yeah. it could help a lot. Have you ever? Had any times where you kind of had to re-spark it for yourself like that? Oh yes. Uh, unfortunately, I've I've been pretty down um, creatively, where you just kind of don't know uh, what you're doing or what the next step is or why you're is is this even worth it to you and is it going to provide enough uh, in the future? And um, in in the end, I'm the kind of person to where things will get kind of chaotic, and I'll inside internally I kind of. I kind of panic and worry. And then somehow in the end, it all ends up resolving itself. Like I'll pick up a guitar. I'll, I might make up something. I might improv something. Or I might even just sit down and just vibe to a song that I know, like maybe Stevie Wonder or something. Like I think I was feeling down and I learned the song Overjoyed. It took me a couple, well, it's a piano song. And it took me a few days. I got it. and then, But just the feeling of knowing that I accomplished you know, learning this song made me feel good to play along and it kind of uh, re-sparked something in me like, you know what, I still got this. I can still play. I'm not, some days you can wake up and just try to do something and you just 
can't do it. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's very weird. Oh, I think that's in anything. I, I, music aside, I think people have good and bad days in whatever their craft oh, is, yes, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether it's painting or you could be cooking, yeah. mess up your eggs. I know. Well, that's <laughs> all I can make is eggs. So, you know. I can if, barely do that. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm the worst in cook when it comes to cooking for sure. So you you learned an ironic song to battle the uh, unhappiness then. Uh, yeah. But uh w- when you when you kind of got to that got to that point did you ever you know really doubt your whole career or was were you just doubting the moment and you felt like it was more or less the moment. Got you. Cuz uh career-wise I am uh, I'm not good at anything else or at least yeah. that I know of. All I know how to do is, um, at least to a, a decent level, is just at least sing and play guitar and yeah, and recreate music. But um, whenever I'm just feeling down from a moment, you know, I'll either just make up a song or I could look up a backing track in like a key that I'm weak in. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like, uh, I don't know, E flat or B flat minor, C sharp minor. There are keys that I don't uh, like that much. But I could look up a backing track in that key and then just just try to shed or improv over it. And it'll really help me kind of open up my mm-hmm. ideas and help my, you know, my, my brain will flow, my juices will flow, and then I'll kind of kind of just uh, reinforces my ideas and helps me get out of my comfort zone and kind of reinforces um, my decision-making. Because mm. the same with, with deciding a note is just like making a real decision in your life with what you're going to do yeah. and, and what the approach is. So I try to, I guess, take that similarly, similarly to a, to like a solo. If you're going to do notes or, or yeah. choose the right spots and where to go. Well, you're literally like creating a product, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And you have to like decide what it might look like. Yeah, you you know package it properly. We do that with the songs we do now. We if it's um, like we're working on a few songs. I guess they're more poppy or uh, modern. And it's it's like a like a product, you know. We package it, we get an image for it, we get the art for it, and we mm-hmm. try to make sure it uh, it just kind of syncs up with the music, and it syncs up with what I represent. And just, we try to just really get it nice and right. packaged well to to put out to whomever. So got you, got you. So even the visual of it, and I never really thought about this. The visual has got to kind of jive with the whole feeling of the song, then. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it depends on the artist and if they're working with, uh, you know, a painter or, or somebody who draws to yeah. connect with their art. Or or sometimes I might be like, you know, yeah, listen to this song and whatever you feel, you know, from it, you draw that and hmm. we'll see how that, you know, clicks with what we're talking about. That's that's pretty cool. But most of the art is my cousin, Joel. Um, he does videographer stuff and cinematography and... Uh, a lot of, um, I guess, like web design and stuff like that. But uh, shout out my cousin, Joy Flacco, Killing oh. Collective. He's he's amazing. He does great work. Um, like there was a song I put out called No Rewind. Mm. And it was just about kind of uh, taking the past for what it was and accepting how things panned out. And just, uh, you know, there was a line in the song like, time flies, by, time flies while I get older, there's no rewind. It's mm. like accepting that. What has happened has happened, and we move on, and we progress. And when I was explaining that to my cousin, he made a cool art with like a cassette tape, you know, mm-hmm. which kind yeah, of, and it was yeah. you know, reversing and, yeah. you know, just stuff like that, that kind of, I guess, went with it or complemented it yeah. decently. But, uh, it's uh, interesting that you talk about accepting the past. And I also even heard when we originally started this, talking about how you were getting through a little bit of anxiety and things just happened to fall the way they needed to yeah. fall. Yeah. Uh, Liz actually, her and I talked a lot about, you know, kind of mental health and, mm. and, and being a little bit more, I guess, of a good mental fortitude. Uh, it seems like you, you've maybe found a, a way to kind of let things fall as they may. Uh, was yeah. that something you, that you had to find through your craft or, or was it something that you had before and it really helped you through your situation? Yeah, I mean, I eventually found it, I guess, through what I was doing. Because uh, when you're just playing and singing stuff and doing stuff, 
it's like subconscious. I wasn't thinking about what I was saying or doing. Yeah. But um, there, there were moments where it was, um, when I started becoming more aware of it, it became therapeutic for me mm. because I could extract what I wanted to say or how I was feeling a certain way. And it could really kind of just, uh, I could just get it all out of me to where I don't have to, I'm not going to verbally talk about it or I don't have to, you know, mope about it or, yeah. or, or speak about it. I could, um, like, I mean, when it, when it came to uh, uh, accepting the past or like, or like a song like that, like I was talking about, that was a good one for me because um, just writing about it was helping me understand my situation better. Even though I was already aware of it, yeah. I was just like uh, reiterating, you know, I was just restating everything that I was going through in song form. And then I'd be like, yeah, you know what? That's, that's true. And it would help myself help me, you know, just yeah. in a way where I was just like, yeah, all right, I get that. And I'd break down little methods of, uh, of what I could move past and what I can understand from my own stuff. Sometimes I just write something and it's just, and it has no connection to what I'm doing, you know, in, or in my life. But, uh, but lately, yeah, it's been very therapeutic where the things I write definitely helps me cultivate my mindset and my decisions and, and like overcoming certain anxieties that's going on in my head. And uh, that's cool. You, you brought up that with Liz cause she's, she's a master at that yeah. kind of stuff with the mind and like with her emotions. She's got a degree in psychology. So yep. it's like, she's really interested in that world as am I, which is why I like, I like writing so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I'm yeah, big on that too. I don't mean to go down this path too much, but yeah, I know. No you talking about how it just seems like things flow when you kind of get into that rhythm. It's a, it's the same thing for me, completely different industry, not an art. I mean, some, I guess would say sales is art, but I just feel like when you get to that spot, there's a spot you get like a flow state mm -hmm. where like, you're not worried about what you need to say, or in your case, what you need to play. It right. just comes out. Yeah. It just comes out naturally. And it, it, it creates this, this motion to where um, time flies by really quick when you're doing that because you're really feeling it. And, um, and because you're so in sync with whatever you're doing, whether it be sales or whether you're painting or, mm -hmm. or, or driving a car and in a race, it's like that, yeah. that time flies by real quick. Like we do three hour shows. And if I'm in that motion and in that flow, all of a sudden we're in the last set and we have three more songs and we're just like, we're already done. And it's like, dang. And it's just like complete joy too. Oh yeah, I can only yeah. imagine when you when you're uh, sealing the deal on a sale or when yeah. you know something's like just in the pocket and you got it. And it just well, it's crazy because it's uh, the it's not even the it gets to the point where it's just the I'm so happy to just be talking to this person. Yeah, it's just I can, crazy. I feel like that. I got this opportunity to talk to this person. Uh, you're talking about you know driving a car. Uh, I don't I forgot the guy's name, but he was the driver for, I think. Formula One Mercedes. Okay. But he was saying how he'd get so into the zone. People kind of thought he was a little crazy, but he'd get so into the zone, he felt like he was watching the car from above. Yeah, like outer body. Yeah, like, he was like, I was just, he, he was the car. We know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a matter of, it's like you physically put yourself yeah. in what you're doing that you become the matter of that. It's yeah. like he's, he's not separate. It's not man and machine. It's like he is that exact machine performing yeah. at the same time. That's a pretty cool thing. I like that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, not to get too trippy, no, but no. like you're saying, you're getting part of the matter. It's like if you, if you really think about it. I love how I was like, I'm going to bring on Tony so we could talk about music, and then we're talking about this. I'll talk but about anything. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, if you think about it, like like space, the space between me and you is just yes. like relative, right? Yes. Or like this table. Like if I'm I'm like right here looking at the table, right? Like mm -hmm. this is. I'm defining it. I'm looking at you as Tony. Mm -hmm. But if someone, you know, at that building outside over there, the way they're seeing it is just this other building with everything together. Right. Yeah. Word. Yeah. It's just crazy. So, I can dig that. Yes. Yeah, wild stuff to think about. But Yeah, I talk about that stuff. But anyways, I'm probably, uh, this is where I get to the point where I probably lose people. No, <laughs> not at all. I talk about a lot of stuff like that a lot. Uh, not documented, but I talk about matter and how we're like i believe that we're all interconnected in a way exactly. to where um uh there was a good example from a show that i watched uh it was an australian show something about me with australian bands australian shows um and this guy 
Yeah, it was just a TV show. TV show. I think it was called uh, Mystery in Between. Mm. It's about a dude. It's a has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But uh, the guy's brother in the in the show, he talks about how we're all matter. He talks about if we, uh, you know, when a piece of wood is on fire, it's still wood, and when it's being burned, it turns into ash. It doesn't technically die. It just takes another form. Mm. So he was talking about how like when we pass away, we don't technically die. We just take on different form. Yeah. No matter how we're all matter and that, you know, we could pass away. We're just going to take another shape yeah. physically and that we're not going to really be, uh, it's just like that wood. It's like, we're just yeah. going to be ash now. We're going to be another form. Uh, I don't know. I could talk about that no, kind of I, stuff I, I for totally a long get time. It. You go from Tony to being zombie Tony. Yeah, I'm zombie Tony. <laughs> or, or if I get cremated, I'm, I'm ashy Tony. <laughs> ashy Tony. <laughs> Always ashy. Ashy. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, uh, speaking of changing different forms, yeah. So, uh, you 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 were born in Texas, though. Yes. Uh, you went up to Oklahoma in a uh, quote unquote border town because Texas is obviously its own country. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and uh, you're up there for a while. Um, where I'm, I'm sure you were in the music scene up there. No, no, um, it was a, a small town called Walters. Okay. Shout out to Walters, Oklahoma. Walters, as much as okay. I, I'm trying, I'm trying hard to hold back the shout out. I was like, you know what? I'll give them a shout out because there are a lot of good people that I grew up with yeah. in that town that I love and respect and admire. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, I think my uh, situation in my life at that time, I've just it was it wasn't the best growing up there. So mm-hmm. I take those situations and then i say oh that place is bad but it mm-hmm. wasn't that it was bad it was just my my time there was bad yeah um but no when i when i was growing up there i think i i lived there from eight years old to like 14 or 15 so a lot of sports mm-hmm. i didn't i was kind of a nerdy kid for a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, i had a physical tick for a little bit i used to do these like little twitches oh, okay. and stuff i don't know how or why uh, you know thank god that that I grew out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for a little bit, I would, I was kind of picked on for a bit up there and then I grew out of it and then I got into sports and then I started doing like cross country and uh, track. I'd ran a lot and a little bit of football. And uh, what position did you play in football? Man, I, I didn't grow. So I was always like safety. Okay. I was always, I was always kind of thin and short gotcha. at least. And, and then all my buddies that were all, you know, they're country kids. Everybody got kind of big. And just taller or just yeah. wider. And it was just like, man, I stayed the same size. And, I, and yeah. when I started getting more serious and practicing drums and guitar, I didn't want to hurt my hands. And I was, they were always getting hurt. It's mm-hmm. either like I could, whether we did a drill or somebody accidentally stepped on my fingers with their cleats. And it was Ugh, just like, man. Golly. But um, for a little bit, I got into, um, you know, I was always into Metallica and Pantera and like mm-hmm. that kind of world. And I was learning guitar. Or trying to teach myself because my father, uh, he plays bass still for about 30 years in the Clear Lake area with mm-hmm. my uncle who plays drums. And, you know, they would play. I'd watch them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever showed me, like, here, son, this is how you do it. Or, no, you're doing it wrong. Do it this way. <laughs> no, so, so uh, no, and basically in Walters, I didn't, I didn't play any music. I did sports. And then uh, I was starting to learn bar chords, mm. which is like a just easy chords on guitar and then yeah i was learning like bits and pieces of songs and it eventually got to the point to where everybody that was on my team everybody that was with we eventually started a band so it was like uh the quarterback i think he was a quarterback sometimes my buddy jd (laughs) he played bass uh my buddy shane white played guitar he was uh he was a linebacker i think man if y'all watch this i'm sorry if i butcher y'all's uh positions just so long ago casey abbey was a singer and he was our tight end yeah i was the safety or whatever the hell sometimes and uh you know i was a guitar player and then and uh it's funny we're all like all on the same team together but we all started trying to make music together and we started like a little punk band like a nice. punk pop band called adolescence so we were trying to do like we were into i could feel the angst yeah, you know what i'm saying we were like in a <laughs> yellow card and freaking blink 182 nice. and green day and like all the punky type of poppy i don't know what the hell you wanted to consider it but uh i did that for a little bit over there and then um but like i was saying before 
we we started this. It was kind of um, substance infested. So there mm-hmm. were some people's parents, you know, or people in the area that either abused type of uh, amphetamines or type of speed, or it could be uh, prescription pills. Definitely there in the small town where it was just kind of toxic and kind of created this negative energy that manifested. Uh, I'm just glad I got out of there over, yeah. t- over time. But when I moved, I didn't get serious into music until I got back into Houston. And that's when I guess I got into the scene and got so paid. What, so what made you move to, well, I mean, you said you, thank God you got out of there, but what made you move to Houston? I, well, I didn't, um, it was not like I was an adult or anything. I couldn't just like walk out of the house hitchhike or anything but uh at the, at that time um m- my mother was kind of going through some 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 issues mm-hmm. with uh, uh just uh abusing certain substances mm-hmm. and it was pretty uh evident to me and people in the community and uh i just tried i kind of knew that i wasn't uh, i was a teenager and i was stressing out and i was feeling a certain way and i knew that it wasn't uh healthy mm. so i remember calling my dad and was like hey man like can i come live with you and about to be in eighth grade now you know i'm getting older <laughs> and uh he's like yeah and so i moved and i did i moved to galena park you know oh and, nice and, you know what I'm saying? that's where uh shout out gp and, and jc just city because both those spots i uh i grew up when i was born in houston i lived in gp for three years and then i moved to laporte yeah and then when my parents split then i moved to uh, oklahoma but uh, yeah, so I went back to GP for eighth grade, and there it's funny in Oklahoma. You know, I'm a, I'm Latino, like not a, not too heavily, but uh, in Oklahoma I was like you know like somewhat Latin or whatever. And then when I went to GP, I'm the white boy now because yeah. we're in GP. Everybody's got fades. Everybody's like you know Mexicano or like true Latino. Yeah. So it's like they're and these guys, these kids were messing with me. You know these. They were calling me white boy, and I had a lot of hair at the time, so they called yeah. me either mushroom head or I was Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was upsetting because I wasn't from Oklahoma, and they, they gave me a hard time. Yeah. But uh, I got into football there, and that's when I got into choir, and I started singing more. And I only did half of that year. And uh, my dad ended up having some health issues, and I had to go back to Oklahoma. Oof. It was horrible. And I, I think at that time, I told some people, like, you know, screw y'all. You know, I'm moving. So I'm figuring I'm never going to see these people again. Oof. And I left, and then stuff with my dad happened, then I had to move back. And the people that I told stuff to, it's like, they're like, oh, yeah, screw us. They're like, you're back. Like, yeah, I am. And yeah, <laughs> so I, I had to finish out the year there and then came back again. It was a lot of running around before I hit high school. Yeah. And then I ended up going to uh, League City, yeah. the Creek, which is suburban. The was, creek. Yeah, I, I went from a two A school. It was a small school to a like a four A school with like a lot of kids and yeah, a lot of different styles of kids. I wasn't used to. It's like you got skaters, you got punks, you got goths, and you got you know jocks. And I'd never seen a world like that. It was like in the town that I was at, like we could be skaters and we were still on the football team. It's like, but mm. over here, it's like there was such a. It was like a TV show. It's like all the cliche groups. That yeah. you didn't think existed, they were there. It was weird. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. <laughs> the creek was interesting. Yeah. League City's interesting. I don't know if you've been over there, but it's just yeah, it's suburban. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty decent area. Yeah. Shout out LC <laughs> and all you all you uh, spoiled kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that actually uh, we had Mel on here who was in League City for the League City Dog Park, and it's kind of oh, funny. Cool. It's kind of funny that uh, they're so set in their ways. It was an absolute battle mm. to get a dog park. It's Just, crazy, yeah. It's crazy, crazy. So they don't have a dog park there? No, they do. They do? Yeah. I didn't yeah, know they yeah, did. Yeah. They're going on their second one now. Oh, okay. So it was a big battle with the uh, local politics because, as I understand it, they usually only had funding for parks if it also involved kids, but they're like, just for dogs. That's ludicrous. Hmm. They're like, Screw those animals, man. I know. They need to run around, though. Yeah, like animals. exactly. Animals are the best. Yeah, cool. So uh, so you settled down a little bit, um, not necessarily by choice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing at some point you picked back up into music? Yeah, I mean, um, 
Um, over time in, in the summer, I would visit my dad a lot from going back and forth to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Texas. And um, across the street from my uh, my grandmother's house is where my dad was staying at the time. That's on the East End. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Edo. Uh, <laughs> all getting, the shout outs. All the shout outs everywhere if I can remember. Um, no, I just remember. GPLC yeah, GPLC Edo. GPLC Edo. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so um, so I would be skating, you know, and, and then across the street where there was this kid who was skating too, and uh, that's when I ended up befriending my good friend Anthony Cruz and uh, his cousin Brandon Galvan, and we started a metal uh, metal band called Metavenge, you know, yeah, we were like Metal's Revenge. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they had already had the band before I joined, and um, you know, they just came over, saw me skating, and was like, "Oh, you skate? Like, yeah, and like, yeah, we play guitar and play, we like." Metallica and metal, and it's like, oh, dude, I like Metallica and metal, metal too. So it's like, let's perfect, let's link up, and um, you know, we would just play parts of songs, and it was just there was no bass player, it was just uh, Brandon on the drums. He was like fifteen, and uh, and Anthony and I on the on the guitar. It was we were like sixteen, and we were doing like Blackened. I don't know how familiar you are with Metallica songs, but doing that and Fade to Black and just all Metallica songs. Maybe like Domination by Pantera and. Maybe like uh, Wrathchild, Iron Maiden, and just a bunch of thrash stuff. Yeah. And we had originals, and um, I started doing that for a long time, and it got to the point where uh, it gained traction with them. We won a battle of the bands at Fitzgerald's, and there was no bass player. We only had the three of us. Yeah, it was downstairs, and we okay. won. Uh, that was like the only time I played downstairs. It was, cause it was like a whole thing. It was like, dude, we got to make it, and then once we start getting good, we'll be able to play upstairs. Because uh, like, there was a downstairs and upstairs. Right, so it's right, like right. if you're upstairs, I guess you're and you were, part of one of the better bands. You or, said you were 16 at this point. Yeah, yeah, we were like 16. So how do you book a gig when you're in? We're not, we weren't booking it. The, um, so Anthony, the singer, guitar player, and his cousin Brandon, you know, obviously they're related. So mm-hmm. it was Anthony's father and Brandon, the drummer's mother, that were brother and sister. Yeah. So they kind of did the booking and just kind of did all the stuff and set it all up. Mm-hmm. And they were really... Um, they were really driven by their kids because they were they were really good. Yeah. Like if you ever look us up, for us being that age, then it's like I even toot my own horn on that. I was like, man, we we did sound pretty damn good at that age, you mm. know. Um, I we didn't realize it, but you know, so back then we opened up for a bunch of '80s groups, Don Dokken. I don't know if you know these groups or not, or, or uh, you know, we did Crewfest Two, and Drowning Pool was on there. Uh, okay. Theory of a Dead Man was on the bill and. We just ended up opening for a lot of bands and doing Scout Bar and Warehouse Live and uh, uh, the Meridian when it was the Meridian, mm-hmm. um, House of Blues. And we did that for a long time. Yeah, Scout Bar is a Clear Lake mainstay for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we went there a lot and did a lot of shows. And then, um, you know, it was just, it was just originals. It, it didn't get to the covers until I have a daughter. I have a, a beautiful little girl. She just turned nine. Oh, and uh, her name is Adeline. That's and an awesome name. Yeah. yeah, I'm my grandma help with that name, but um, but yeah, so it was you know I had her young. I was around 19, so by that time when I was uh, gonna have her, that reality kind of started kicking in. Towards yeah, like, yeah. what am I gonna do to provide, and can I only do this? And and it was just kind of like an awkward thing because I was young and I had a little ego, and I just I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool though because I um. I ended up joining a band called Trip to Cassidy, and we, I started learning more covers. It was like Rage Against the Machine, Deftones, Chevelle, nice. you know, we're uh, doing Marvin Gaye, Pink Floyd. Uh, it could be anything, but it was mainly a lot of alternative stuff. And um, I did that for like five years, and I kept playing in that band for a while. And then one day, I think uh, the drummer I was with, he used to play with uh, the Cumbia Kings. His name was Robbie De Moral. Shout out to Robbie. <laughs> I mean, shout outs all day. Uh, no, he was uh, he was with the Cumbia Kings, which was like uh, Salina's brother, AB. He like plays the bass. Okay, cool. And uh, uh, I, I liked the Latin world, but I wasn't as exposed to cumbia and like salsa and all this stuff. So like eventually, I got part of Rapture and uh, had a keyboard player in the band. His name was Henry, and uh, he used to play with the Cumbia Kings too. And I eventually joined his band where he played bass and keys. Me on guitar, and then my buddy Josh on drums, and then we had a different vocalist. 
And uh, from then, I learned a lot of Latin music. I had to learn a lot of salsa, a lot of cumbia, mm-hmm. you know, some bachata. And, and it was new for me because, excuse me, I only did, you know, heavy stuff or, you know, I'd, I'd sing and, and do other stuff, but I never did Latin music. Mm. Excuse me. And, um, yeah, when I, when I got with uh, Rapture, that kind of changed my, uh, my approach uh, culturally, I guess, as a, as a musician because I just learned different styles of music. And then thankfully, yeah, we, uh, uh, over the line, they switched vocalists and they tried out Liz and I met Liz at a gig. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was, which was awesome. She joined the band. I think I'd already been like a year or two in and, uh, we played in rice village and, uh, okay. I don't know if you know where the, it used to be called the gorgeous Gale. I don't think it's there anymore. It used to be across the street from the Baker street pub. Mm. And uh, yeah, one day she was tr- she was trying out. She was coming to do her first gig there, and then that's how that started. She joined the band, and yeah, it's funny from from all those years. I didn't do a lot of bands like a lot of musicians do. It's just the metal band, Metalvenge, yeah, Metavenge, Metavenge, Trip to Cassidy, and then it was Rapture, and then that's been it. And then eventually I started Tony Bad, but I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this that's pretty much it. <laughs> Hey man, that's what's up though. When did you? Uh, when did so Rapture was when? Uh, well, that band has been around since like ninety something. I oh, was like wow. two years old when that band had been around. Wow. So, um, I joined Rapture I think in like twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen. So I've been in the band for about five or six mm-hmm. years, and it, I think that band and the name had been around because uh, the dude Henry. It's it was like his thing with uh with the booking agent that books us. His name is Dennis Lang. Mm-hmm. He's the one. I guess it was their thing. Okay. And, um, you know, I was just one of many lineup guitarists, and, and they'd went through multiple lineup changes. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I'm like season 30 or whatever of season 30. How, however many seasons they've had. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the final season of Rapture. But it's been fun. It's been cool. I final season of Rapture. I like <laughs> yeah. that. You had mentioned when your daughter was born, it like became like real, like, can I do this? Or, yeah. Uh, how did and he said you had a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, a little bit of an ego about it? But how did you? Uh, not like a bad, not like a uh, type of ego that you would think to where it's like, oh, I'm good, or I oh, think no, no. more of like I knew that there were parts of myself that needed to be broken down. Right. I needed to understand more about me and be more self-aware, mm. and I needed to go in and break my ego down to reevaluate my priorities. Uh, you know, just like my true ego, like it yeah. wasn't. Uh, but it was hard because my um, my ex wife at the time, she um, you know she she didn't mind me wanting to be a musician, hmm. but uh, I'm trying to put it into a form where I don't overexpose this story. Um, yeah, she came from a family where it was like, um, and they were Jehovah's Witnesses too, which was there's nothing wrong with that. They were very cool. They're they're very good people. Yeah. Um, I think with her parents, her dad had a really good job. He worked for Team Industrial, so I knew. He made like over a hundred G's a year. I knew he had a good job and it was wealthy, uh, you know, steadily income. And the mom didn't really work. And I think she did stuff with like essential oils. And like, Mm -hmm. I knew a lot of families like that where dad had a really good job at like Dow or Team Industrial or somewhere, some chemical company or whatever, somewhere, somewhere nice. And he made, you know, six figures and mom didn't have to do anything. All she had to do was raise the children and cook and clean Whatever. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and, the and, oil and if you, town if, American dream. Yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. And uh, and she wanted, my ex-wife kind of wanted to do that. She didn't really have in mind that she wanted to, you know, uh, I don't know what she really wanted to do. She kind of wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and just, and I was kind of terrified. I was like, well, I'm not making enough money doing the music thing. And at the time I wasn't because I'd make probably a hundred bucks a night. So I'd make, I'd play Friday and Saturday. Hmm. That's like 200 bucks. And I worked at a cabinet company, and it was it very short, uh, short lived. So uh, at the time, I was the only one cultivating any finances. So I was really worried because part of me wanted her to work, and wanted her to want to work. But mm-hmm. then I wanted her to spend time and raise my child because, you know, I was gone and busy a lot. But it was a weird thing because, um, you know, eventually, you know, I went through my divorce and I I split up from my ex wife. But um. Unfortunately, she didn't really understand what I was wanting to do. Like, it's not like I was trying to be, uh, 
I wasn't trying to be Prince or I wasn't trying to be some icon and, and go off and leave my family. I just wanted to perform music, whether it be mine or not, and it financially uh, compensate and mm. take care of everything that was in our house. And at the time, that wasn't happening. Uh, now it is, which is kind of funny. But, um, you know, that was a real big struggle because she kind of didn't want me to just play music. She was like, I want you to get a job or get benefits and get this and get that because mm-hmm. I was the sole guy. You know, and I didn't have benefits, which was which was fun. So I had to like not get hurt or not fall over or do anything, not get sick. Um, it eventually got to the point where we just kind of did our thing. And um, when I got with, it was just funny. The thing she had been asking me to 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 try to have more uh, foundation. Once everything split up and I joined Rapture, it's like then the uh, the money became more stable, and I started playing better gigs whether it be weddings or uh i've been playing the golden nugget casino for since it opened mm. or uh the tulsa Ho- uh, i can't even say it tulsa hard rock hotel and casino it's a mouthful in yeah. tulsa and uh just a lot of casinos or weddings and the uh, the pay got better mm. and bigger and it got to the point where it was like wow i can pay my my house and my water bill and my and my car note and everything from just singing and playing music and a part of me, you know, would have just wished, like, man, we just would have had the uh, the patience. I'm like, man, I would just join this good band. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm kind of glad it all went that way because it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it would it had to lead me to where I'm at now, to yeah. where I'm I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, seriously, I believe that all the the decisions, good or bad, and whether they were positive or negatively uh, influenced, that they had to happen. Yeah, the way they were supposed to happen because that's how it was supposed to happen. Yeah. It, it's odd. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you're a parent at all, but. Not, not yet. Or not that I know of. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, man, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's such an overwhelming thing. And when I was a young man, so I'm, I'm still a young man, but uh, I was so young back then trying to learn how to, to juggle being a, a young parent and yeah. being a musician in, in this scene or whatever. And, uh, it was a it was a fun challenge, and I definitely learned a lot on uh, on like just personal priorities, mm. where to put yourself, and like uh, just scheduling instead of doing things how I used. I used to just impulsively do things. Yeah. Now I like schedules, making a list of things yeah. I got to knock out, who I got to see, or what songs to record, or what bill to pay next, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what's up, and. Uh... You being able to have a steady income from playing, I feel like, well, you mentioned that you weren't trying to become an icon or the next blow up situation. Uh, I feel like someone who's looking to be a musician, it's almost always like the dream to have, you know, the admiration and, and whatever. Yeah, there's always like, I think a subconscious thing with artists where they're like, you know, they do want to be seen. Or or have that recognition. Yeah, I'm not like hoping to get like swarming crowd, to, you know. But of Clap, course, clapping like yeah. That. Of course, of course, there's like a uh, uh, you know gratification, and it feels good after a song when somebody you know claps or say you know you did good or you know I like how you did that song or mm-hmm. that solo or whatever. Yeah, you get that a dopamine or whatever like that gets fed to uh, right. to your brain that just kind of reward. Yeah, but um. I, I do, you know, there are parts of me that like like it because of the people and the mm-hmm. reaction. And I just like it because it's an extraction process for me and, and the people. Like, I try not to be selfish with it. Like I was talking about earlier, a song that I might do might be connected to somebody's past with their, I don't know, a, a memory of them and their aunt or something. And Yeah. And that's cool. And it could be a song that I've done a, a bunch of times and I didn't want to do it, but I don't. I try not to be too selfish about it, and uh, yeah, I just like doing it. Or I might even be feeling a way. I might even sing a lyric of certain songs where it's just really explaining how I'm going through, and I'm like, man, this song's really hitting today, and yeah. I'm like, man, I'm really, I'm really vibing with this song. Uh, I can't complain, yeah, because uh, I, it's the only way that I can express myself. Oh, that's what's up. Uh, what I was gonna ask the follow-up on there was, you know, I, I think that is almost every artist dream to be able to have that be their sole form of income. Uh, what, what do you think was the, well, how did you get to Rapture and what do you, what do you think was 
like the defining steps for someone to finally find a gig like that? What do they need to do to get to that point? Well, it's kind of crazy. I wasn't even like searching for anything. So I know I know a lot of people that are they're always looking for gigs. They're searching, and I feel like the ones that are really searching too hard, they end up not finding what they're looking for. And it's like when you flick that switch off and you just kind of do your thing, like those kind of situations, you just run into them, or it's like right. when they're not sought after. I was just doing a regular gig like I was with the band I was in, Trip to Cassidy. It was a three-piece. And uh, I guess Henry in the band, uh, he's, not in the, he's not in Rapture right now. He's not playing with us now. But um, he, uh, I guess he saw me play, and he was just like, man, I like, I like how you're singing and playing. Hmm. And uh, this, this story was kind of odd because it was like I wanted to stay in the band, um, but I wanted to do something new. One, I wanted to do something new musical, and and two, I knew that this was going to be a better financial situation because I'd heard I'd already heard a rapture, and I knew that they were a more uh, they were a band that fluctuated more in town, and and uh, you see their you know you go to certain venues or bars and you see names of bands on calendars, and you know more than once you're like man this, these guys are working a lot, yeah. and it was I recognized it, and he came and saw me play once at uh, the Pub Fountains, it's in Stafford. 59 south and um you told me yeah bro you you know i like your singing guitar playing i would like to play with you and i'm like all right cool and he's like well i didn't want to leave this band and he knew my drummer he's like well just come see us play at local poor in river oaks i was like okay and oh that's a good i went place. and saw them play and uh wow the 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 lineup that they had was so good that i didn't think that i was gonna fit and it was uh it was this girl named Constance on the vocals, Justin Roland on the guitar and vocals. This dude can sing and play. Like, he can sing so high. Like, mm-hmm. do Sticks, U2, you know, uh, uh, Muse. Yeah. I mean, this Muse? dude, I was, yeah. like, dude, like got, Muse the highest. <laughs> he does have a very high voice. So I was like, um, on the break, I'm talking with him, and I'm like, are you sure you want me in your band? You don't want to be in the band? I'm like, no, I do. I'm like, I'm just, you guys are really good. I'm like, what the hell am I going to bring yeah. to y'all? And, it's like, nah, I don't worry about it, you know. And over time, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, they they filtered him out, mm-hmm. and they and I got in, and they were making it. And then they, my drummer was in the band for a little bit, and eventually, I guess that didn't happen. But eventually, I just started doing shows. They called me one day, and I guess their vocalist didn't show up, and I showed up to help them. It was at Jackie's Breakhouse in mm-hmm. League City, or Kima, and um, I helped them do a show. And they were like, "Yeah, man, you did good. You want to do this more?" And, yeah, and they're like, yeah, we, and it stopped being two, three nights a week, and it started becoming like five, six yeah. nights a week where I could, I could gig Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and have my weekend will be Monday and Tuesday, which is perfect. So, uh, that's epic. So, it's been that way five or six years now, and it's just, uh, I've just been fortunate. Dream come true? Somewhat. I mean, I've just been strategic, I think, for whatever I get paid or stuff. I, I just, save up a lot because you know we're musicians we don't have insurance so yeah and liz is from mexico so just in case you guys are wondering we we drive five hours to go see a dentist <laughs> so I go, to, <laughs> I go to mexico i go to mexico for any uh you know thankfully nothing health wise is like hit me too hard mm-hmm. but if i need to go see a doctor or go to a dentist we go to mexico it's so weird you know yeah so being a musician is paid off to some degree but you know the the real you know uh, the realist in me is like well I need some insurance or I need a like something right so we we always wonder the older that I'm getting you know, I'm like what am I gonna do if something happens or like you know I don't want to drive five hours if I break my hand or if something happens or right 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 but yeah yeah it's, that is an interesting thing thing that I literally have never thought of <laughs> we didn't think about I didn't think about it until I got older and I was like man insurance that's a thing and I was like oh man. But thankfully, we uh, five hours isn't a long drive mm-hmm. for me. We, I just got back from Maine. I drove thirty three hours. I was seeing the travel all the way up. Yeah, we drove seventeen states. And, That's uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean, if I thirty three hours, it's like after that, it's like yeah, five hours. No, yeah, I don't. How mind. do you like uh, the Northeast? It's beautiful. It was my first time going, so uh, I've only been as far as to New Orleans. So mm-hmm. once we got there, then. Mississippi and you know uh, Alabama, and what is it? 
at uh, Georgia and Tennessee and Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts. It was awesome. For me, it's, and for her, she'd never been to that side, neither have I, and uh, she was beautiful. The colors, everything's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Just the water. I finally got to have some lobster. Never right. had lobster before, so. Never had lobster before? Never. I never had lobster in my life. There's lobster down here, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just never had it. So yeah. I decided to get Maine lobster because they're uh, always yeah. talking of about course. it. Of course. Like the thing is, lobster and uh, they have blueberry fields. They have a lot of blueberries oh, very cool. out there. So. Very cool. But yeah. But yeah, the 30-something hours of driving, compared, I don't mind driving to Mexico anymore now. Yeah. Like, and you get to live like a king out there. It's like you can, um, unfortunately, because their economy is kind of, you know, it's not the best. So it's like a dollar, an American dollar is either sometimes 18 to 21 pesos. Wow. So it's like I could feed a family of eight, and it'll probably cost about 40 American dollars, which is cool yeah. for me. Uh, it sucks for them. It's, yeah. it's really bad for them, but uh, I can take them out to the movies, and it won't hurt me too bad. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I like about going there. Shout out to Matamoros. Yeah, (laughs) all the shout outs. That's where I go. I go to Matamoros a lot. That's what's up. So, insurance is a is a key is a key thing that uh, musicians need to think about. Have you heard it? Not to like continue to harp on that, but like, has anyone else in the industry found a good way to substitute that problem? I don't believe I've even spoken to another musician about it. And, and and those that I I know a lot of musicians that have uh, really incredible homes and like that are that that's all they do and mm-hmm. I think some of them have insurance they're just paying full price or like oh, with their family yeah, them yeah. and their wife or um, but I haven't really had this talk with other musicians yeah. I need to ask them that would be interesting yeah like hey interesting. any musician homies out there who's who's doing your insurance I I would just, yeah I would assume it's just I need it I'm I'm independent honestly too so I mean I, I haven't. Uh, I didn't really think I'd need it until, uh, unfortunately, I got I got kidney stones. Oof. And uh, yeah, I woke up one day, and <sighs> I passed one before, just randomly. I was just just randomly going to the restroom normally, and out of stone came. Didn't feel nothing. Oh, no, it was okay. nothing. It was just nothing. like, what the hell was that noise? It was like, dee, dee, dee. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And uh, it never happened for years later. And then one day, I uh, I woke up and like I was just pale white. And I was sweating. And I don't know what was wrong with me. And like I kept wanting to like just lay on the ground. I was just in such Ooh. excruciating pain. And I just was everything was irritating me. Like yeah. breathing. I didn't want to breathe. Everything was bothering me. Yeah. And Liz took me to the ER. Yeah. And I'm still paying off that visit. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, the year is no joke. Yeah, it was horrible. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I hadn't had any serious situations, but yeah, I had I'm still paying off my visit from the kidney stone visit. They just mm. charged me for they gave me morphine twice, and then they let me sleep for like six hours, and then they, uh, and then they kicked me out pretty much. And they're like, "Here's a bill for twelve hundred bucks." Man, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're not but joking, yeah. man. I think that was my only story where it's just like, yeah, that's where the reality hit me with, man, I really need insurance. Yeah. For like a good copay. Yeah. All I'd have to pay is twenty bucks. I know. I yeah. I I am lucky to uh, to do that. I I pay full price, but. Uh, there's been a, f- a few times where I've had to go go in, and not even the ER, just to one of those other like 24 hour places. Right, right. And they're uh, well, this was one of those 24 hour places still, and they oh, they, wow, they, okay. they charge the hell out of you. Oh yeah, they do. They just rack it up. Yeah, they do. Because they know you're in need in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how bad do you want it? I know. That's a, we, both of us are in the wrong business. We. I know, man. <laughs> I need to get in the insurance field. Insurance or or open up a bunch of those 24 hour centers. No kidding. Yeah. Or invest. Well, you can, you, brand new idea. You could have a band always playing in the waiting room. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. That would be idea. something. <laughs> and and yeah. just like a full bar. No, that's too much. <laughs> that's probably not the right, to get the right, the right message. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, but that's what's up, man. Um, a few other random questions. I actually asked Liz the same question. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to find an easy segue. Okay. But, uh, you made me think of it because you mentioned Muse. I was actually singing singing along terribly to Madness by Muse this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that part at the Yeah. At the very end where he like really hits it near the end, like really cranks it up. Which part when he goes, Some kind of madness. 
to, when he does the madness part? Yeah, or? yeah. I think at the very end when he's like he goes way higher. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're still. Yeah, I know the part. Yep. Yep. He's got yep. a cool voice, man. I don't know yep. his name, but he's got a beautiful ah, voice. I forgot. I forgot his name. Someone once ruined. Told me if you really listen, he breathes a lot into the microphone. Yeah. There's a lot of falsetto, so he definitely breathed. Yeah, yeah. And They're I was... a three-piece, too. Very loud, powerful for a three-piece. Really? Yeah, I think it's just him, a bass player. And, well, probably for their live shows, maybe they hire extra guys on keys or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But I think it's just three of them. Yeah, they're a really cool band. But anyways, um, uh, what's your least favorite song to sing? When you get it re- requested, you're like, thank God this is maybe going to make someone's day because mm. I hate it. Um, it used to be stuff like Tennessee Whiskey and Despacito. Well, Liz has to sing Despacito. I don't have to. Yeah. I'm just doing background vocals. Yeah. I know that that was one of hers. I would say Tennessee Whiskey, but to be honest, uh, Old Town Road is definitely up there. Yeah, oh. I'm going to take my Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, the <laughs> I like kids, how you really did that. <laughs> the kids really like that song, though. Like, we could yeah. play a, a festival or we could play somewhere where there's just children and we start playing it in there. <laughs> but you know headbanging kids they like the song and and the lyrics are just like oh man I, I, I get burnt out from certain lyrics you yeah. know like uh, the lyrics in that song is just it's just like uh, not lean all in my bladder and stuff and cheated on my baby you can go and ask her I'm like you're promoting infidelity now he kids me I mean, lean in in the bladder. I'm like, all right, we're from Houston. Yeah. I can take that. A little, a little, a little perp in the system never hurt nobody. No, I'm just playing. Don't drink permethrin. Definitely, codes. definitely hurts kids. So yeah, no don't kids. drink. Don't drink. Codes. Don't drink lean kids. No, unless you got bronchitis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't need any Sprite. <laughs> Isn't that funny how it is? Don't don't take these drugs unless it's prescribed. Yeah, unless you have a bronchial like infection. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd say um, yeah, Old Town Road. Definitely up there with the Tennessee whiskey, those two. Yeah. But definitely Tennessee whiskey. They always ask for it. You've said this multiple times. You're dun, really. Dun, 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 dun. Ah, no. What am I doing? I'm yeah. like starting it in my brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, got it, you got it going. You ever, yeah, that's definitely one. You ever, I don't know why this made me think of it. Have you ever changed up the lyrics on purpose? Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 sometimes I throw in words on purpose that are sound like the word in. Not for that song in particular, but I'll say stuff and that nobody, man. It's what's funny some what's some wild things you've said? I'm trying to think. Uh, man, I don't know why I can't even think of any. It's it's always when the song and the word is said, then I, then I think of it. Me and my drummer are always like on stage by ourselves saying, yeah, really silly stuff. <laughs> Josh, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, so. Like we just, ju- I mean, I'm not, man, I'm worried to say some of these. Um, like Cake by the Ocean, uh, there's a lyric in, the, in there, like, not so serious, girl, wipe your feet cold. Yeah. And like me and my boy will be like, not so serious. Like, we'll, 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 sneak in, <laughs> we'll sneak in words. I am not, I do not condone the behaviors of white nationalism or, uh, or Nazis. Nazis. So please don't take that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, we, we'll it's, say stupid stuff like that. I'm trying to remember, or like in, in, um, Bidi bidi bam bam, you know, this is like, me cannot see. So I'll be like, I cannot see. <laughs> no, no, I'll be like, me cannot see. And me, me and my drummer do it. But, uh, or, um, man, there's a few where I, I really sneak in on the mic and nobody knows what the hell I'm saying. And I wish I could remember and I can't. It's bothering me. It's okay. I'm going to. But there have been times where this, uh, at the Golden Nugget, this one guy, he was uh, pretty inebriated. He gave us like six or 700 bucks. Like a few of it was in chips and the rest was cash. Yeah. And he was like a big, uh, he looked like a ranchero looking guy. Like he had this cowboy hat. He's like, hey, come here, man. He's like, I want you to sing Tennessee whiskey, but I want you to sing it to my wife. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, but I want you to change the lyrics instead of Tennessee. I look, look at my tattoo. And I was like, okay, what is it? And it was a tattoo of uh, watermelons. Yeah. He's like, look at my boots. It's like, okay. And it was watermelons on the boots. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm a watermelon farmer. Oh, cool. Awesome. I want you to mention watermelons in the song. And then I want you to sing to my wife. I was like, oh, okay. So then we, we did the song a couple times, and he's like, keep going. He, pull, he keeps pulling 100s. He's like, keep going. We're like, all right. Uh, I was like, y'all keep playing. I put the guitar down. 
And I sat down, you know, to look at his wife. I'm like, you're very smooth. He's like, now mention watermelons. Watermelons. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. You're very sweet. It's watermelons. I'm like, I already said watermelons. But, but he was like, mention watermelons. So I was just mentioning watermelons in that song. It was super cringy because he was like, I would be like, uh, looking away, trying to sing, I'm like, "Hey, man, no, no, look at her, look at her." I'm like, "Okay, look at my wife in her eyes, bro." And I was just looking at her eyes, just like, "All right, I'm singing to you, and not them." And it was so weird. And uh, I'm sure the rest of them remember that day. It was, it, that was one of the times I had to change lyrics. Yeah, that was that's uh, that's special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was another one? Mustang Sally. Okay. Must. Sometimes you can say uh, must bang Sally and you can't, you know. Yeah. Don't listen to me. I'm, very, I'm <laughs> a very silly individual. I don't take, you know, I'm not very serious. By, by the book. Always by the book. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Golden Nugget, I know it got hit pretty heavy, but. Uh, yeah, it did. We drove by Lake yeah. Charles on the drive back because we Same. have to come down I-10. Mm. Uh, and it looked really messed up. I feel really bad. Yeah. And uh, my condolences and, and nothing but positive energy to the people yeah. in Lake Charles because. They were hit pretty bad. I know. I know. I remember uh, I was moving my mom down from Connecticut, actually. Not oh, too interesting. Long ago. Yeah. We did 29 hours, uh, and we went through that area. And, yeah, it's, it's rough, man. Hoping they, uh, hoping they get back on their feet for sure as oh, soon as definitely. possible. Connecticut, man. They have the highest property taxes, I was told. Yeah. they Somehow, Connecticut made their state worse. <laughs> That's crazy. This is just insane. It's a beautiful state. Uh, I mean, yeah. where I drove, I was just driving through, um, I was near Samford or something. Or Stanford. There's a lot of Fords. There are, there's a, there are a lot of Fords. Yeah. It was, I was just coming through the border of, uh, we were just leaving New York City, mm-hmm. and there's a buddy of mine, he's a he's a, a touring guitar player, or a particular artist, I don't want to put him on blast or anything. Yeah. Um, But he tours with this really good artist, and he was like, man, I hadn't seen him since California in January, and he was like, if you're ever in Connecticut... I'm thinking, when is that ever going to happen? Yeah. He'll give me a call. And, and uh, I let him know I was in town. So I got to catch up with him. And he was telling me about the property taxes. And he was like, it's, he's Insane. like, I spend a lot yearly on property taxes. He's like, I just sold my town home. I'm about to move. He's like, I can't live here. It's just too pricey. And, I think it is. And yeah. it's cold in the wintertime. It is very you know? cold. There's not a ton of good things about Connecticut. Really? Not a ton of good Interesting. Things. But I think when you live there for a while, I think I see everywhere. You, I go to a state that I'm not from, and then I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then a local's like, really? Yeah. You know, like, I've been here for X amount of years. You're not, you know, and then they come to Houston. They're like, oh, this is awesome. And you're like, really? Yeah. I well, know. I think a lot of people, especially if you live in a town that has any sort of attractions, you just, like, never go there. Yeah. You're like, ah, because it's here. I can always go later. Yeah, yeah. But what, are, what attractions are in Connecticut? Uh, two casinos. Are there? There's only two? Yeah, Foxwoods and uh, Mohegan Sun. Right. I didn't know it was legal up north. It is uh, Native American land. Ah, okay, okay. That's nice. how they get away with most Heck of the yeah. gambling. Yeah, and loopholes. And all the loopholes. That's cool. Anyways, <laughs> not to go too far into gambling or anything like that, uh, I think uh, we'll end it here, man. Sounds um, good. I, I've asked Liz before, working. are uh, well, where can we see Rapture play next in, in the coming months? I have no idea. No idea. Um, okay. You can pretty much just check our Facebook page. It's Rapture, okay. a musical journey. And Liz kind of keeps up with the scheduling. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put where we're at. And then, yeah, if you just check that out. You guys on Facebook, as, as always. Yes. Yeah. Facebook's, and, uh, I guess, like the more predominant one with that band. Yeah. And then uh, Tony and Liz as well. Yeah. We, we started a, a, a page for her and I. For the duo stuff that we do for yeah. Tony and Liz Page. Yeah, cool. And then I have the Tony Bad, B-A-D-D, if you want to check out any Double original G. music on pretty much any musical uh, streaming platform. On Spotify? Yeah, Spotify, Deezer. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I didn't know what Deezer was. Oh, uh, what do you think about everyone being pretty Google hateful play. of Spotify? Are they being hateful? I don't know what's going on. I guess I'm so the, behind. the CEO is worth like $2.5 or something. And um, just hire like a uh, popular artists are just pissed off because the amount of money they make per plays and insane. Right, the low. plays are low. Yeah, they're low. I mean, I don't get a, you know, I think the most plays I got on one of my songs is like 
16,000 or something. Yeah. I don't even know if I've gotten anything from that. And if so, I'm sure it's like 25 cents. But I do have friends of mine that have hit like, you know, quarter mil or up to a mil in, in plays. And I don't believe a lot of them have really gotten a lot of compensation. Yeah. And I know that they you get like point zero 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 and whatever yeah. of a cent. Right. Or of a you know, whatever percentage of a dollar off a of play. And I I think that even if you get like a quarter mil like even if you had a quarter mil of plays, I can't I remember reading something. I think it's it's something small. You get yeah. like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do see how that's messed up. I my music is out to be streamed just to to be heard i'm just thankful right, if 20 people hear it because yeah. i don't i don't have those type of numbers that some of these uh artists right, are having right, of course of course but uh, I, I do think that's it's pretty messed up that the guy for the whole ceo is making just yeah, bank and then I even know. you know smaller fish such as myself i'm making pennies what's, you know? yeah what's wild by the way i was just one last thing about that i saw interject my own opinion here i saw that there's employees of spotify gonna basically like strike because Joe Rogan was coming on. And yeah, he did like a contract with them. He moved he just moved to Austin yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah. And uh they're gonna strike because they wanted to moderate what he said on there because they thought a lot of his stuff was kind of like far right. But they're not oh God. but they're not striking because their CEO is worth two point five billion. I, I would think like keep that, just like, what's keep it? that same energy, right? <laughs> right. Oh but, man, these I don't I never really uh, uh I watch Joe Rogan a lot. He's not far right, <laughs> but that's what I was gonna say. I don't, I don't hear any any far right or uh, he tries to keep it kind of neutral. Yeah, I mean, I see him kind of veering off. He He's seems like, like maybe right like, moderate. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I actually, I have no clue. I literally just, uh, you know, I get uh, in my dazed mode whenever the, the day is over. Yeah, know, yeah. In my hazy listen. mode, and yeah. I and I just watch him talk. It depends on who he's talking to. Yeah, there's some good stuff. But yeah, I don't. I didn't think he was too far right. But man, this thing is everybody's getting so sensitive and so it's crazy. Everybody's getting a little hype with each other, and people are striking against these people. Or if, oh, if I figure out you support this person, I don't want to eat this. It's like things canceled. Are, things are getting crazy. Yeah, they're I gonna. Think it was a, someone's gonna chop up you saying Nazi. Oh God, no! <laughs> they're like, man, Tony Bad's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Uh, when we were in Pennsylvania, Ulysses, Pennsylvania. Beautiful little town, but very misrepresented by white nationalism. Oh, wow. uh, we were driving by. I, I just remembered looking up Ulysses because a friend of mine who I grew up with in Oklahoma, mm. I hadn't seen him in like 13 years. He's like, Hey, I live here now. Let's catch up. I have a lot to catch up with him. Mm. Um, I just look it up just to see what's there. First thing that pops up is Nazis in Ulysses, Pennsylvania. I'm like, oh, What? Wow. And it was uh, this one particular man. I don't, pff, not going to give him any type of shout out. I don't know what his name was, and he was just openly just saying that, you know, uh, the, uh, the killing of the Jews, all that stuff was like, wasn't real, and all this, oh all this crazy stuff that you can't believe. Absolute insanity. And it was all this Nazi paraphernalia right on the side of the road. I'm like, wow, you know, that guy's crazy. And then here we are driving down the freeway. It was like a little road in this town. And there's this guy's place. It was just full of just all Nazi uh, paraphernalia. Christ. And you see all these kids. I don't know if they were his, like, interested in the stuff. They were, like, playing with the stuff. And in that town, I talked to some of the people, and they said that, like, he kind of misrepresents the area. Yeah, of course. And that they're really upset because there are a lot of people in the area that, you know, fought against the Nazis in World War II. Right. And, uh, and a lot of them feel really bad because this guy is allowed to openly uh, say what he says. But his, it's so thick there. I didn't mean to bring it up, but no, it was just so crazy. crazy in that little town that I was at. It was just so much of it. Yeah. And from this one guy that I had to tell Liz, she talks to a lot of her family and friends openly, you know, through Spanish, through like little audio texts. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, I don't want to keep you from doing it. And I was like, but try not to, you know, maybe speak, you know, in Spanish in some of these gas stations because. When we caught some of that, when we'd speak Spanish or she'd say something and we'd see some people kind of making looks or like, you know, whether or not they felt uncomfortable or they were like, well, these people aren't from here or they mm -hmm. knew or, but you could kind of get a sense here and there that there was like a weird little vibe in the, in these areas. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. There's definitely towns like that in the, the it's US for sure. But I didn't know it existed up north. I'm like, I thought y'all yeah. fought against that kind of stuff. I'm like, what You'd the heck? think, you'd think, but it's yeah. everywhere. It is crazy. Hate, hate is everywhere. 
Yeah, un- unfortunately, unfortunately so. Unfortunately so. But uh, that would be hilarious if I see uh, edited uh, with, with video like, and it's like putting the hat on like, your head with like. <laughs> <laughs> Gonzalo, can we just don't do that for to me. shits and giggles? Just do that. <laughs> please don't do that to no, me. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna do that. No, I know. All right, well, I've had a, I've had a, a pleasure talking about all this stuff with y'all. Though it's yeah, been man. fun. It was, it was a lot just of fun. Winging it. It was a lot of fun, and we'll uh, wrap it up, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening, guys. Obviously, if you have any questions for Tony. Hopefully not about Pennsylvania. Yeah. But just any questions at all, just shoot it down in the comments and YouTube. You can follow us on uh, any podcast streaming platform available. We're on Facebook, of course. You know, look up Rapture, A Musical Journey on Facebook as well. See when they're going to be playing. And uh, if you go to his concerts, you know, really pay attention to the words he's saying. Because you might catch something cool. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might throw in something special. Something in there. special just for the listeners. All right, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. It was a pleasure being had. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Good show.